Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. back on the believe in the jets podcast i'm your host andrew golden of jetsxfactor.com and of course i got former jet running back lamont jordan here with me as always lamont the jets are coming off an unfortunate loss to minnesota we went over that in our review earlier this week it is time to look ahead big division game big division opponent on the schedule this week going to buffalo to take on the bills the eight and three buffalo bills the division, I don't know if the Jets can still clinch with a win. I don't know how that would have to shake out with the standings. But either way, a win over Buffalo would do a lot to keep their playoff hopes alive, and a loss would certainly make things harder to close out the last few games of the season. Before we get into that game, as always, we got to thank our uh, our sponsor, betonline.ag. Thanks to the, all the good people over there uh, for sponsoring. <clears throat> got all the major sports going right now. Minus baseball season, basketball's kicking up, football's getting into the swing of playoffs. We got... World Cup, I'm pretty sure, is finishing up. I don't think they've hit the finals with that yet. Any sort of sports betting uh, need you could have, betonline.ag has got you guys covered. And if you're signing up for the first time, make sure you're using the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, when you sign up and get a 50% sign-on bonus to match on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And of course, Lamont, starting with this game, I think it's important before we get into offense, defense, special teams like we always do, to just take a look at these rosters and note that how much both teams have really changed since the first matchup between the Jets and Bills a few weeks ago. Jets have a new starting quarterback, first and foremost, where Mike White is now under center as opposed to Zach Wilson. You have Corey Davis back on offense after he had missed time before. You have the emergence of Zonovan Knight at running back in the backfield. That's been a different uh, factor for them on offense. And then for the Bills on the other side, Tredavious White comes back from an injury he didn't play in the first game. Definitely could have uh, an impact. They've added Xavier Rhodes as another corner in their secondary that's making a bit of an impact. They had some players. I'm pretty sure Taron Johnson missed that game the first time with New York. Uh, He's probably going to be back. Jordan Poyer missed that first game with New York. He's back playing for the Bills. So there's a lot of new faces and a lot of returning faces for both teams to where it might make it kind of hard to just look at the results that we had the week before and and jump to easy conclusions about how this game is going to go. So that's where I really want to start, uh, start talking with you first. Let's get into the offense. I want you to start here for me. What's your first point on offense? Cause I'm really eager to see the plan for this game. Very good Buffalo defense with some talent that they've added back. Pretty much the only guy they're missing right now is Von Miller. Um, Looking down here on my notes, I don't have a lot of notes for the offense because really we just don't know what we're going to get. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. Um, I think first and foremost, touchdowns in the red zone. We need touchdowns. Yeah. If we're gonna have a chance to win this game, we 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 need touchdowns. Yes, our defense has been playing well. Um, and if you look at if you look at this game as a whole, both of these defenses are are, I mean, you know, both of these defenses are pretty even in some major categories. Um Buffalo is fourth when it comes to points given up. So they don't give up a lot of points as it is. And so uh, we're six, so we don't give up a lot of points either. But the difference is, is that they have an offense that supports them. We just don't know what our offense is going to give us. So for me, my number one point is we need to score touchdowns. Year three is good because you always want to, you always want to put points on the board, but whatever the game plan is, and we can get into a little more detail about that as we go into the show. 
But for me, the number one thing is we need touchdowns. Yeah, I agree. One for six in the red zone like they were last week in Minnesota is not going to cut it. Didn't cut it against the Vikings, and it's definitely not going to cut it against the Buffalo Bills. I completely agree with that. My first point on offense is going to be to get into the red zone to start with because I think it's important scoring in the red zone, absolutely, but it's also important, as we've seen as Jets fans over the years, you got to get there first. So the first point for me that I really want to see from this team And quite honestly, it's something that happens all the time in the NFL that I think the Jets would be privy to maybe do a little bit more of stealing from the team that just beat you. And when you had issues with some things as a as a team as a whole, and you can see ways that you can implement that into your own system, I think you can take some things that just happened to your defense in Minnesota and implement them into your own offense if you're the New York Jets. That being, I want to see some more runs to the edge. The Vikings really prioritized attacking the edges with pitch plays whether it was crack toss from under center or shotgun pitches and work their way to pin the jets defensive ends to the inside have guys pull around get up to linebackers and create lanes to the outside for dalvin cook and alexander madison to get through and what we've seen from the jets this year in a lot of games they struggle mightily when they try and run inside They have not been very successful running inside whatsoever. So I want this point, quite honestly, I want this to be the point that I'm making. This is more so about my lack of confidence in the Jets' ability to establish the run inside and and win up front with physicality and move the line of scrimmage and, and win between the tackles in the run game than it is thinking these specific pitch plays and, 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 tosses and outside runs are going to absolutely work against Buffalo's defense. And, and it's the perfect call. I think it's a good wrinkle because what they're trying to do on the inside run game isn't working. And the one thing I want the Jets offense to avoid is early down negative plays. Setting this offense back, letting this Buffalo defense play their off coverage, play their too deep, sit back in their zones, let their pass rushers and Epinesa and Russo and Ed Oliver, who are still solid players up front that can get after quarterbacks with an immobile quarterback like Mike White, who isn't going to be able to move around. The last thing I want is the Jets being forced into third and long scenarios where Buffalo knows they're having to throw down the field. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to make things a lot harder on Mike White. It's going to make things a lot harder on the offensive line. So for me, it all comes down to early down success. And if you can generate some positive plays on early downs by running to the outside instead of running inside and getting stopped for a gain of one, then I think that's going to do your offense good uh, as the game goes on. I agree with you. I agree with you. My point is we got to score touchdowns and you're getting into the details of, of how we get there. We have to get into the red zone. I agree with you. I would like to see some outside runs, but not from shotgun. I Don't... want the crack toss that they ran from under center, which we've seen the Jets run before. They've ran mm-hmm. it for Brees Hall scored a 60-yard touchdown in Denver on it. He scored another touchdown on the goal line. I'm pretty sure in that same game. You know, we've seen we've seen them run this play before. It's not an entirely new wrinkle. I I like the shotgun toss situationally, but I can understand from the Jets angle of it. If if you're going to have that outside defensive end crashing, you got to have someone there to pin him inside. Otherwise, there's nowhere for that pitch play to go. But, yeah, I'm I prefer it from under center. I. Uh, to be honest with you, the way that we're going to get the outside going is we have to threaten them. We have to make them feel our speed. I don't think that we're going to run the ball on them if we don't if if we don't soften them up. I think that we have to soften them up with the pass. Um, Buffalo's defense is fifth against the run. All right, and we're and let's just face it, we're an offense that just does not run the ball very well. So 
watching Buffalo's defense, they kind of remind me of our defense when I'm, when I'm talking about when teams try to do things sideways, long developing plays against this team is not going to work. It's just not going to work. And, and that's my concern. They're going to prepare for toss because they know that run wise, that's the most successful play that we've had is being able to run the toss. I think that we go under center. Thank you. Put your quarterback under center. Listen, we all have different philosophies and beliefs. All right. Those of us who have played the game and things of that nature. I'm just saying from a running back's perspective, you are cutting you. You're cutting my nuts off if you're constantly having me run out of shotgun. All right. If I'm over here in shotgun, I have to wait for the tempos. These are things that the secondary can read. And Buffalo, when they want to, especially when they go cover three, they'll put eight in the box, even if you're showing that that you're spreading things out on them. So the little sideways stuff, that's not going to work until we can actually generate some offense, make get some big plays of our own. And I think that that's going to happen by putting the quarterback under center. I think if you put the quarterback under center, that's going to help Bam out a lot. Bam is a downhill runner. He's a runner that he just wants to get the ball. And sometimes, uh, you know, I had on my notes, I don't remember if I said it on the last show, but he needs to open his eyes, right? He's very raw with regards to running. With that said, put him behind center. Bam wants to get the ball and he just wants to go. And as a running back, if I get the ball and I see it and I just want to be able to go, I prefer to be going downhill than having to come sideways. If I'm coming this way and the cut is back here, I got to slow myself down and then generate more power and speed myself up. When it comes to the impact, I'm not giving as much impact. Now, if I'm behind center, and I'm coming downhill here, and the cut is right here, right here, I'm still coming downhill with my momentum. I'm able to hit the hole faster. Once I do make contact with the defender, they're able to feel that. That gets into their mind. Now you start hearing the chatter. We got to get everybody to the ball. We have to wrap up. We have to do those things. So I really think that putting the quarterback under center is going to help our run game because it, it when the quarterback is behind, when when the running back is behind the quarterback, it, you just listen. You get more runs. There are more things that you can do. You're actually staying. You're 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 starting as a running back in the middle of of everything. You put me off to one side. You just created a little bit of things that are off balance. Let me establish who I am as a runner because these are the types of runners that we have. Whether it's Bam or whether it's Ty, or whether it's Robertson. These guys want to get the ball and just get downhill. When you're running sideways and things are all muddy and clogged up and you're asking a yard, asking a running back to, to get a yard or two or a tough two or three yards, we would much rather do it from behind center. Unless you got little soft bats who just want to be outside all the time. They want to avoid contact, but this isn't play. That's, that's, not, that's not always going to win you playoff football. So I think the way that we're going to be able to get those outside runs is we have to put the quarterback under center, hit Buffalo with a multitude of different runs, but not these long developing plays that's going to allow their safeties to identify because their safeties, they do a great job of getting downhill and disrupting long developing plays. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm shortening my three points on offense to two because you just took one of them. My second point was play the offense more under center than in shotgun. And we're in the complete and total agreement from there. It's going to help your offensive line 
in pass protection because Mike White's going to be able to run quicker three-step drops. You're not going to have to be dropping out to a farther angle because the quarterback's so far back into the pocket and shotgun. It's going to help the run game like you talked about, help the running backs get to their landmarks more easily. And most importantly, it's going to make your play action more effective. You're going to, when the quarterback turns his back to the defense and takes that five, seven step drop back out to the pocket, it's so much more effective than the RPO action or the the standing and shotgun. And we're going to fake the sweep and come back to it or, or the little take the snap and the quick handoff and pull it back. None of that's going to be nearly as effective as being under center. So I completely and totally agree with you. My last point offensively here is a combination of a handful of things, but they all really go hand in hand. You had mentioned, they need to find a way to generate explosive plays and they need to find a way to win down the field. Buffalo, if they can, if there is no threat of the downfield passing game, this is going to be the new England Zach game that got him benched all over again, where there's going to be nine guys in the box. The jets offensive line is going to get teed off on the running backs are going to get clobbered and there's nothing that they're going to be able to do. And it's going to be a blowout for Buffalo. That's going to be a problem. That said on the other side, if Mike white throws 57 passes again, I think it means the jets lose. And I think that playing that, and I understand with the Vikings game, you got down early, your offensive line was not blocking really well in the run game for most of the day. You and a guy in Bam Knight get a really big explosive run that gave you some chunk plays, make some people miss in the backfield to gain some more yards on top of that. But this wasn't the most cleanly blocked day from the Jets offensive line to where either of us are sitting here going, oh, they were dominating and they were running the ball effectively or anything like that. You can't have Mike White be a 57 attempt passer against the Buffalo Bills. I just feel like that's too much volume. That's too much pressure on the passing game. You're playing into Buffalo's hand defensively where they want to let their secondary and their experienced safeties and corners and, and linebackers in the middle, they want them to do the heavy lifting in the pass game. They want their front four to get after quarterbacks. And I don't know if I trust our offensive line to block as well as they did against Minnesota, which still wasn't great for four quarters against Buffalo, which I think is a better defensive line. So my over-encompassing point, adding on from playing under center from before take your shots off play action and you better be doing it to Garrett freaking Wilson <laughs> because this is the only guy on the on our offense right now in the receiving core that's threatening secondaries mm -hmm. it's he's put up I uh, had 144 yards against Chicago if I'm not mistaken he had over 160 against Minnesota he's on an absolute tear right now he could have been even more if Mike White hits him down the sideline when he rose Patrick Peterson. Mm -hmm. This kid's absolutely balling. And everyone he's going against is having a hard time keeping up with him. And we know if you are going to be the Jets, they have some schemed up shots that they've beaten, uh, that they've gotten plays with with Garrett Wilson before. I agree with you, Lamont, that the long developing plays if you're trying to do that all game and trust your offensive line to hold up, that's not going to be the, the game plan that's going to succeed. But I still think you have to find some time to take some shots and shots take a while to develop. You can't always just get explosives with dink and dunks or screens or reverses or, or, you know, run a mesh play and some guy catches a shallow cross and goes up the sideline. It's not always that easy. The Jets ran a play against the New England Patriots in the first game they played, I believe it was where Zach Wilson hit Garrett Wilson on a rollout on a double move down the sideline for like 54 yards. Mm -hmm. 
and it was an out and up from Garrett down the sideline. And it exploited, I believe it was a two deep from New England, and it exploited the safety cheating to the inside. When Garrett went to the out, the cloud corner followed him. Safety started cheating more to the inside. Garrett then goes back up the sideline. There's the whole shot up the sideline for Zach to hit. I think that's a play you can run again with success. But you have to have the under center run game going first to keep those safeties eyes in the backfield. We talked last week against the Vikings that eyes in the backfield was the killer of the Jets defense early on in the game. <laughs> if there's no threat for the Buffalo defense to keep their eyes in the backfield, then it's going to be the same result the other way. So mm. you have to have some sort of a threat with the run game. I'm worried about how their offensive line is going to handle it on the interior and, and getting a push off the snap to the inside. So I think you might <laughs> want to try and go to the edge. However, you end up doing that, whether it's outside zone, tosses, pin and pulls, whatever it has to be, there's ways to do that. And then I think you have to take your shots from play action under center, look to get Garrett involved down the field, and look to take your strikes. Last point I want to make kind of to wrap everything up. You have to have a controlled, balanced attack on offense, and you cannot be looking for the big shot play every single down. You have to keep Josh Allen off the field somewhat. You have to be able to let your defense rest and stay fresh to get into the fourth quarter, because if they're chasing Josh Allen around and he's running around scrambling for, for 35, 40 minutes of the game and the Jets offense is going three and out, three and out, three and out, or it's big play, big play, big play field goal, then it's not going to be a good situation to be in. The Jets defense is going to get tired out and Josh Allen's going to take over in the fourth quarter you have to be able to outlast this Bills team. This is my overall point for this game, really. And when we get to defense, I'll make this point even more. I think this is going to be about, quite honestly, playing the Bills. This is a a, a boxing match where no one's going to throw the knockout punch. It's who can take the most punches. It's who can stay in the ring the longest. Who's got more in the tank? I think you have to be able to be willing to hang with Buffalo for those four quarters, hang with that offense, keep your defense fresh, make sure their defense isn't just dominating you on every play and dictating the game by putting nine in the box and daring you to throw the ball. And I think you can put up a solid fight. But I think if you try and be the Kansas City Chiefs and be explosive and throw down the field 100 times and we're going to throw for 350 and four touchdowns and beat Buffalo that way, it's not going to go well. I think if you try and be the New England Patriots and you throw three passes and trust your offensive line and your running backs and and we're going to win this win this game completely with our run game, I think it's going to go pretty poorly for you too. If you can't be balanced on offense, this is going to be a very long day for the Jets. I agree with you. I agree with you 100% on that. Um that kind of goes into my my final points on the offense. One one of them being we can't have mixed up make up mix-ups on the offensive line when it comes to assignments. We just can't have that. We see how much it's cost us uh, kind of throughout the season, but especially last week. We're at the point in the season where these guys should know who to block, they should know their assignment. So there's no excuse and no explanation for that. Um if we're having that throughout the course of the game, if we have that, um we don't have Zach back there to 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 make up for it. So we just can't have that. Um this next point is 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 a huge point. It's a huge point um, because it talks about us getting into the red zone and then getting in, in into the end zone. We can't make careless throws, and accuracy is a must in this game. I think Buffalo's secondary, I think they do a good job of playing you tight. These guys are ball hogs. Those passes that, that white through 
against Minnesota, where he was throwing it behind the guy against Buffalo. Those are going to be picks. Buffalo's DBs, they go after the ball. All right. So accuracy is a must in this game. We can't have a situation where it where for 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 Mike White, it looks the way it looked against Minnesota, where everything is tight. You're always thrown into these tight windows. We can't have that. We we will not beat them that way. And if that happens, don't be surprised if you see like a pick six. Yeah. Because that's that's just how Buffalo play. They play aggressive. All right. <clears throat> so we can't have mix up on offensive line. We can't make careless throws and um and accuracy is a must. Offensively, is you have to provide some support for the defense. It's it's just that simple. We have to score points. If we're serious about being a playoff team, this is a playoff game. Yes. That's just what it is. This is 100%. a playoff. Game. And and if you look at last the last game that we played Buffalo. Buffalo turned the ball over. We didn't. It's just as simple. We can't afford turnovers. All right. We just cannot afford to turn the ball over offensively because we are not as explosive as Buffalo. Yes. All right. If we get down by three touchdowns, let's just say it. Hey, you know, it's it, it's going to be kind of hard to come back. You look at Buffalo, they're down by three touchdowns. If it's the second quarter, you're saying, ah, Buffalo will come back, probably win by 14, because their offense has earned that type of reputation, all right? So we can't have careless throws. We have to make sure that we're taking care of the ball. And and I really think, and I'm going to go back to this point, and it's the point that you were going to make. We win this game, I think, if we put the quarterback on the center. Yeah. The plays that are long the developing plays because you're taking a you're taking a snapping shotgun then you're doing a bluff fake to the running back here that's obvious that you're not handing him the ball and then you're throwing a bubble screen out here what it yeah. is secondary has already seen that the linebackers have seen that everybody's going yeah. to where they're yeah. going the tackle firing out to that side's on yeah. his fourth step the linebackers yeah. already flowing that way yeah, yeah. they're not yeah. even looking at mike white faking the bubble they don't even care exactly, exactly. Yes, i agree so that's that kind of stuff now, if you want to do that, all right, and you want to get it to him faster, guess what? You put the quarterback under center, you take the snap, and you get it out to him real quick. You yep. get the ball in Barrios's hands while everybody is already coming full. While everybody's coming full speed, you don't want to. You don't. You don't want to catch the ball. And when you catch the ball and you get your eyes downfield, you already see that the defense is set up right in front of you. I want to catch the ball out here. Have you come in full speed so that I can manipulate the lanes? If you're coming too fast, it opens up a cutback. If you're coming too slow, it allows me to lower the shoulder. Get the ball into these guys' hands quick and then allow them to go down the field and make and and, and make plays. So I think that's all I have from, from, from an offensive standpoint. If we we have to score points in this game, we cannot keep having these mix-ups. For me, I'm gonna go back to something that Herm Edwards used to always say. All right. This is a no excuses, no explanation type game for the offense. There are no excuses. There are no explanations. I think this is Mike White's, what, third game? Third um, start this year, yep. Third start, all right, third start in a row. No excuses, no explanations. Offensive line, we've been going through this for a long time. All right, we're, 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 we're at the meat and potatoes of the season right now. No excuses, no explanation. Bam, yes, you are a rookie. And this is one thing that I remember as a rookie, that once you get to, I think, it was week two or week three, you are no longer a rookie. 
on the field, you're still responsible for your rookie duties. <laughs> you still got to get the sandwiches, the donuts, carry bags, and do all of that. But when it comes to playing experience, you are no longer a rookie. He is no longer a rookie. So they, they, we can't. there's no excuses and no explanations and things of that nature. So offense, you have to show up. All in all, it's very simple. LaFleur, you got to show up. This is a game that you have to show up. This is a playoff game. And I said coming into the season, I thought that we were going to sweep the Miami Dolphins. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. This is our opportunity to get the sweep. Hey, they still could. Hey, they still could. They still could. Yes, they still could. All right. But this is an opportunity to do something that, that nobody saw us doing. First of all, nobody saw us beating the Bills the first game. Yep. But to come back after the way the Bills just played against the Patriots, the way that we played against the Vikings, to come back and, and, and show your growth, to show your maturity, to show that you that first of all, this team is real. So let me not say that to show that you are prepared and you're preparing to play in the playoffs. You got to put up points in this game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I completely and totally agree. I want to make one more point before we get to the defense and it's going off something that you said. You were talking about eliminating turnovers, that you absolutely cannot turn the ball over in this game, that Josh Allen had two interceptions the last time he played the Jets. The Jets didn't turn the ball over at all, and you could make a strong argument that that was the difference in the game, was those few turnovers. One of those turnovers came on the Bills' opening possession, where their first play of the drive is a 40-yard shot at the sideline to Stephon Diggs, and two plays later, Jordan Whitehead picks an underthrown drag route to the tight end, takes points off the way off the board for what could have been an explosive drive turnovers and eliminating turnovers on offense is going to be absolutely huge it's huge in every game it's especially huge in a game like this and this is why i think it makes all the sense in the world mike white is the perfect guy for this game because you just need to take what the defense gives you forcing passes is the worst thing to be doing in this game trying to be the hero is the worst possible way to play this game be mike white be mike white against cincinnati where if they're going to allow you to throw for 405 yards off checkdowns, then freaking do it. Be glad to do it. I think this game, this is how I'll transition to the defense. I had mentioned something, Lamont, I, a few weeks ago leading up to this game, where we were talking about Josh Allen's performance. I had just mentioned he had two interceptions. He had a couple of other throws that were open that he missed in that game too. It was not a good game from Josh Allen overall. And those are rare. And Allen specifically, after that game, looked very upset with himself, looked very defeated, and came out right and said, quote, it's hard to win a game when your quarterback plays like shit. Speaking about himself. I don't think you're going to get bad Josh Allen twice. Hmm. I don't think you're going to get lackadaisical, flip the little pass into the flat because I didn't see the safety trailing, and, and I'll be able to beat him there. He's not going to recover, and it's an interception. You're not going to get that Josh Allen but I think there's a way you can get it out of him. And the way you get it out of him is by making him play dink and dunk too. Mm -hmm. So if you are the Jets offense, you want to take your time. You want to go on longer drives. You want to win time of possession. You want to make Allen feel like he has to press when he gets that ball back into his hands after you go on a scoring drive, where if the Jets can rip off 10 plays, 76 yards, and it takes up seven and a half minutes of a quarter, and they get in the end zone at the end, you want Allen coming out on that very next possession going, okay, you well, it took you that long. Let's see, I'm going to throw this ball over the mountains and you're going to regret ever scoring on us. That's exactly what you want if you're the Jets. 
because I think the Jets can do some good, def- uh, can defend some <clears throat> defend well down the field. They did it already against the Bills. They gave up the one play early to Diggs, and that was pretty much all they gave up deep the rest of the game. I think you can bait out into, into mistakes by daring them to throw deep, selling out against it, and forcing Josh Allen to play the short game, where mm-hmm. turn Josh Allen into Mike White. <laughs> If Josh Allen wants to throw for 405 off checkdowns and he's got the patience to do it in a game that's tight in a game that has got the Jets offense going on sustained drives that's close throughout most of it that maybe not wouldn't say is low scoring, but I wouldn't necessarily say is an offensive explosion. See if Allen has the patience to do that for four quarters. See if Allen has the patience to put up with the Jets defense. See if he has the patience to stay in the pocket, go through his reads, take the short plays, go on the long drives and see if he wants to do that for the entirety of the game. I'm not so sure that he will. I'm not so sure that you won't get some opportunities to steal some turnovers as the game goes on. So it, it all comes in, in, you know, it's, this is a team sport. It's the ultimate team game. And you got to have both phases playing in tandem with an ultimate plan in mind. I think your offense has to be willing to slow things down, to be balanced, to take some time off the clock, to get your defense some rest, and to make this a slugfest throughout the entirety of the day hold December in Buffalo. Let's go see who wants to be the tougher team. I think that's offense and defense. It starts with that aspect. Take away the big play on defense. Make Josh Allen beat you underneath. That was my first point was avoid giving up the big play. Like to what you were saying, force Buffalo to dink and dunk down the field. Yep. If you put enough pressure on Josh Allen, he's going to make a mistake. I mean, that's just what he's proven throughout his career. You know, if you at some point he's going to make a mistake. He'll crack eventually. Yeah, he'll crack eventually. Avoid giving up the big play, which kind of leads into my next two points. Um, Contain Josh Allen. We just have to contain Josh Allen. The Patriots allow Josh Allen to break contain, and I always talk about this, the difference between break and contain. There's a difference when a guy breaks contain and he's working backwards opposed to breaking contain where he's approaching or – He's threatening the line of scrimmage. He's coming downhill at you. I think we did a good job of doing that in the first game. And we have to remember, this is this is the team that this defense was built for. This is why we're happy about a JJ. Yep. This is it. Those guys showed up once before. They have to do it again. And the way you do that is you have to you have to have rush lane discipline. You have to be disciplined in your rush lanes. You can force Josh Allen to kind of stand back there go to his first read. One thing I like about him is he will stand back there and go from his first read, kind of look for his second read, point you go there because he has the arm to throw it all over the field. All right. So we have to contain him. And and this next point, these are all within the same thing as far as avoiding giving up big plays, um, containing Josh Allen. We have to hit him. We have to hit him. Calling Quincy Williams. Yes, we have to hit him. And one thing that was interesting as I watched the Patriots game is, is the Patriots ends looked like they were doing a great job of getting pressure. Yeah, speak on it because that's where I'm going next. Okay, yeah, those those Patriot those those ends for the Patriots looked like that they were doing a great job of of getting pressure. I think that our defensive ends do a better job than what the Patriots defensive ends do um, because I just think they bring more to the table. The area that the Patriots struggled 
against Buffalo was they were getting no penetration in the middle. None at all. So that would be my point. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of let that lead into where you were going because I feel like you're about to talk about this this monstrous D line that we have. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's exactly where I'm going next. You had said it. Keep contain on Allen and and getting no pressure in the interior allows him to step up, allows him to just run up the middle and start turning into a runner and gash you that way. It allows him to step past the pressure of the tackle and then scape out to the side and threaten the line of scrimmage horizontally, like you're saying. So interior pressure is crucial. Quentin Williams is always going to need a big game from him for this defense to play well. Absolutely <laughs> glad to have Sheldon Rankins back as well. That's going to be a help. Interior is going to need to come up big. But the point I was going at was watching that Patriots-Bills game, like you're saying, the pressure coming off the edge. And the one thing that I saw over and over and over and over, Lamont, and this is why I'm really, really hoping that Deion Dawkins misses this game or at the very least plays hurt at left tackle, because the Bills had backup tackle David Quisenberry in for a good portion of that game at left tackle. And Josh Uche was beating him with speed and bend on every single rep. Bryce Huff, this is your time to shine. Bryce Huff, this is your game to go win. You got the game-stealing sack against Allen in the first game that you played that forced the Hail Mary shot at the end of the game. Go do it again. Because I don't think even if it is Deion Dawkins coming off an injury or if it's Spencer Brown at right tackle, or if it's David Quisenberry at left tackle filling in, I don't think these guys can keep up with Bryce Huff. I don't think they can, I don't think they can match his speed and bend to the edge. And I think it'll be a, a party at the quarterback all day for him if that's going to be the matchups that he's getting. But this is the thing, Lamont. This is the thing with this game. You have to force Buffalo into third and long. <laughs> because if they can play third and short. They have a million and one plays under the sun. Their run game is plenty effective. They got good running backs and they have absolutely no problem getting into a three tight end set where they're going to declare that they're running the ball. And if you sell out to it, well, then here comes the backside slant to Stephon Diggs and it's a first down anyway. You cannot let them get into third and short situations. So this, for me, my final point on defense is a very, very, very simple one. Tackle, 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 tackle. Don't miss your damn tackles. Mm -hmm. It's simple. That's free yards for Buffalo. That's drive extenders for Buffalo. That's that's a completely different situation where if you can meet a runner after a three-yard gain on first down and get into second and seven and they break that tackle and pick up another five and now it's second and two, it's a completely different ballgame. Mm -hmm. Not even in the same realm of, a, uh, realm of a situation anymore. And missed tackles have victimized this team a lot the last couple of weeks you have to wrap up along with what you're saying with hitting josh allen you got to hit this whole bill's offense yeah. you got to hit every single member on that team because like i'm saying my overarching point for this game this is a battle of wills this is a team this is going to be a game where whoever can last the longest wins robert sala had a quote a few weeks ago i'm going to be honest it might have been after the bills game if i'm remembering correctly where he said, we wanted to see how long we could keep dragging those guys out into deep water. And if we keep pulling them out and pulling them out, sooner or later, we're going to see they can't swim. Mm. That's this game. Keep dragging them out into deep water. Don't ever go away. Don't ever give up hope. If you have to take your time, take your time. If it's seven to three bills at the end of the first quarter, that's fine. You're still in the game. Don't get down. Don't overplay anything. Don't sell out. Don't send any crazy blitzes. If it's simple, so what? 
see if Buffalo has the patience to stink and dunk their way down the field and see if they can convert on third and long. Make your tackles. Don't try and do anything exotic. Don't put your guys in unfair situations. Don't be risky. Play all 60 minutes of this game, and I think you have a chance to win. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. <clears throat> that um, I love the whole. I, I love the quote where he says he's going to, you know, we're going to drag them into deep water and see if they can swim. Um, one way you're able to drag them is you keep them from running. Yep, that's how you do it. You keep them from running. Under no circumstances can we allow Buffalo's run game to get going. Listen, there's nothing about Buffalo's run game that I respect because they don't use it. No, and it's not physical when they do. Yeah, and it's and it's not physical when they do. Like there is nothing intimidating about Buffalo's run game, with the exception of when they decide to run Josh out. Yep. Like that's the only intimidating thing about their run game. So we can't allow them to get their run game going. The other thing that we have to do when it, with regards to the run game is we have to be prepared for a mixture of runs. Yes. I think Buffalo, if they decide to run the ball, first of all, and, and I'm doing a show, you know, I'm doing a show on Buffalo Station tomorrow. And, and and I'm going to say it. The reason the Bills will not win the Super Bowl this year, or in my opinion, even get to the Super Bowl, is because they have no run game. They don't use it. It doesn't look like they know how to use it, and they don't have the patience to use it. So under no circumstance exactly. can we allow this to be the game that, that they say, hey, let's try and mix in all these different runs, get our run game going, and try to use our run game to set up the read option stuff. We can't we we can't allow that to happen. Um, we have to. My next point, first of all, we have to force them when they throw the ball to beat us on the outside. They do a great job of their slants. That read option, and then Josh with that, yeah. they do such a great job of that, man. They do a great job of that. We cannot lose sight of our man in coverage, especially when Josh is rolling out. Can't get lazy. You have to play through out. Um, so defense for me, force them to beat you deep. We can't allow it, but force Buffalo to beat you deep. If we look up and we see that Josh Allen has a touchdown long of 54, he has a, a long pass of 78. He has a long pass of 40-something, and they beat us that way, then we just got beat that way. Their speed beat us. All right? But it can't be a situation where we allow them to run the ball. It can't be a situation where we let them mix in their runs. It can't be a situation where we're getting foolish penalties that lead to first downs. Third down penalty leading to a first down. We can't have those types of mistakes on the defensive side of the ball. And, I mean, with – as far as I'm concerned, our defense has earned the respect to be able to say that, hey, we can keep Buffalo from scoring. We can contain Buffalo. All right. This, this whole idea that Buffalo is going to line up tight against us. Nah, we got savages on the defensive side of the ball. So if that's the type of game that they want to play, they're going to find out that's not the type of game they want to play against the Jets because their offense as a whole, they're not built that way. No. Their offense is not built that way. Hell, our offense is not built that way. Yep. So it's not a situation where either one of these teams is going to line up against the other team, bring things in nice and tight, and say, hey, 
you know, we're going to bully you. We're going to do this. No, it's not going to happen. So on the defensive side of the ball, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to still, not still. I'm going to use what Coach Belichick always says: just do your job. Yep, that's it. Defense, just do your job. Do your job with the discipline. Do your job uh, with the focus. All right, and do your job trusting that the next man is going to do his job. We cannot get into a situation where we get so thrown out of whack that we're worrying about yep. trying to compensate for somebody else. If we do that, then Buffalo is going to light us up. All right. So for me, defensively, that's 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 all I have for the defense. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I want to add one more thing in uh, that you had just mentioned, and I'm not going to sit here and say that this is one of my official points. This is a, a possible wrinkle that I want to pick your brain about. But what you just said there, speaking about New England and Bill Belichick's catchphrase, do your job. There's a meaning behind that more than just do what you have to do. And what that meaning is, is that we as coaches are never going to ask you to do something that you are not A, capable of, and not B, fits your skill set. We are never going to put you in a position that you cannot thrive in. So because you are in this position to thrive, go do your job because that's all we're asking you to do is stuff you're capable of. That said, we both agree that if Buffalo has big plays on offense all day long, that this is going to be a hard day for the Jets, that we want them to try it. We want them to force it. We want them to to, to try go away from the run game and not be patient enough to dink and dunk, but we don't want to give anything up when they do try it. And the only other problem with that, that I'm seeing with this game, like I said, missed tackles and you said contain Josh Allen. So this is where I want to throw something out to you. I think the jets should be in nickel almost primarily every single snap on defense. I barely want to see Michael Carter, the second off that field. If he's healthy and he's, you know, not injured and he's good to go. I don't think we need to be putting another linebacker on the field to keep Carter off of it. That said, how would you feel, especially maybe on some third and longs, if you know you're playing zone or you know that you need someone that can keep up with Josh Allen? And the Jets haven't done this all year, and I'm not sure they're going to, but this might be the game for it. What if you put Quan Alexander in for C.J. Mosley? Because Quan can <coughs> run with Allen better. First off, where if you're looking for someone to either play a spy or it playing in a zone over the middle and needing to come downhill and make a tackle and prevent yardage, I think Quan's going to be a little more explosive. And on top of that, if you're looking in as a coverage sense, the only other worry I'm, you know, fear I have when I'm looking at this Buffalo offense, the Jets have covered tight ends pretty much amazingly all season. They barely give up any yards to tight ends. That hasn't been a problem. They've done a really good job against number one receivers. The only other threats in this Buffalo offense besides Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen are Devin Singletary and James Cook out of the backfield. Yep. So we need someone to cover them. And mm -hmm. I don't know if CJ Mosley at this point in his career is to the same level in coverage as Quan Alexander might be. And again, I'm not even saying I'm 100% sure of that. But I just see a scenario in my head in this game, five minutes to go in the third quarter, Bills are down four points and they're trying to drive down the field to score a touchdown to win. And the Jets get into a third down situation and Josh Allen scrambles up the middle of the pocket and picks it up because CJ Mosley can't transition fast enough and he breaks that tackle or he can't get there fast enough. And I don't know if there's been any single situation I've seen this year when Quan Alexander's coming downhill that he, A, does not get to his landmark, or B, make the tackle. 
So I yeah. feel like he could be a good a good player to fit in that spot to do his job, where I think he can execute the job that you're asking out of that position in that scenario better than CJ Mosley. I like that. And I think if you're going to play a game where you're going to stay in nickel the entire time, what it does is it allows you to rotate your linebackers. First of all, I want Williams yep. to stay in the field as long as yes. he can. Yes, we need his speed and we need his hitting ability. He's not coming off. Yes, he doesn't come off. So I think that that is a situation where if you're in nickel, then yes, you can go ahead and go with both of those guys. Um, both Quan and C.J. Mosley, their eyes are bad when they're dropping into zones. And this is a game where where so when you're talking about running backs going out the backfield and the linebackers chasing them and staying with them in coverage, um, we don't play a lot of man. If I'm not mistaken, we don't play a lot of man. That's really doesn't matter too much if you're playing zone, because if you're playing cover two, the cornerback has the flats. And if you're playing yeah. cover three, then the linebacker is working his way from inside to working out to the flats. But Buffalo is so obvious what they do that you can, you know, you can you can contain the run the running backs in the passing game when you're playing zone. Mm -hmm. The only thing it's hard to contain is them doing the little check downs into the openings of the zone, which yeah. goes back to what you or your earlier point on the defense was we have to make sure that we tackle. Right. So I love the idea, <clears throat> excuse me, of playing nickel because what it does is if you play zone, if you have three linebackers, those linebackers are getting to their depths a lot slower. By playing nickel and your nickel guy being the guy that has no problem, you know, getting his face mask right. scratched. Exactly. You know, that's that's a situation where now <clears throat> you can play around with some things. Now, if you're bringing pressure off of the edge, it's not just your Sam linebacker. It's not your 250, 260 pound linebacker. Now you got a DB that's coming screaming off of there. So I think it opens things up. It allows Quan to get on the field for C.J. Mosley, where those guys are going to be able to go in and out, especially if we're talking about a game where Buffalo would – look at it like this. If we're talking about a game where Buffalo has to dink and dunk, you're going to have to chase Josh Allen all around the field, then, yeah, we've seen that C.J. Mosley, like he he's 1,000% on every single play. And you talked about it last show how – you know how you're hoping that his legs aren't getting heavy, and 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 I'm paraphrasing that, of course, yep. but um, I love the idea. I don't think that we need to spy Josh Allen. Not if we're playing zone. Oh, yeah, then, I mean, I don't think. Put it this way: <clears throat> this is what I mean by doing your doing your job and rush lane integrity. All right, I said rush lane discipline, but I was looking for the integrity of your rush lanes. If we have to take a guy to spy Josh Allen, I think that's a guy that we're taking away that could be closing off one of those zones in the coverage. Yes, yes. Secondly, I think that our front four is dominant enough that you don't need to spy Josh. Yeah, you could spy him sometimes just to kind of put it out there for the, hey, you know, they are spying, this guy is spying, but for the most part, I think that our defensive line is good enough that you don't have to spy Josh. To your point of checking the tight ends and the backs and things of that nature, if their offensive line is struggling, they're going to use their tight end and they're going to use their backs to chip. So true. ultimately, very true. So ultimately, what it's going to come down to is making sure that we're keep we're making sure that we're staying on our men in our zones. All right, because we know we know Gabe Davis is going deep. Josh Allen's just going to try to buy enough time to throw the ball up to him. 
you know that Steph is going to do everything that they're going to ask a wide receiver to do. All right. So if we can just get that pressure, all right, if we can get that pressure on them, force that dink and duck game and eliminate the, 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 the deep passes, that's the recipe for success. And I do, and I agree with you. I think that we can best do that out of a nickel front. Yeah, I'm sorry. I really think so. defense. Yeah, no, I think, I think the nickel is, <laughs> is the key to this game. Cause we just talked about it. We're not scared of the Buffalo's run game with physicality or overpowering anybody or, or, you know, dominating anybody off the line of scrimmage down the field and just overwhelming people. We're not worried about that, especially not with the way our defense has played against the run this year, even when they're in nickel. So Buffalo's got to like Buffalo's got to have one receiver on the field for me to be coming out of nickel. And even then I might not consider it because mm -hmm. I, I'm I, is, is the bills third tight end really going to be able to block Michael Carter, the second at perfectly with how he's able to come up and run support with the angles that he takes when he's coming downhill with his vision into the backfield. I don't know if it's going to be that easy. And it's not like in that scenario, again, Michael Carter's a smaller guy, yes, but it's not like Quan Alexander's the 260-pound Sam linebacker. Quan Alexander's 225 pounds. Mm -hmm. So you got a guy that's bigger and stronger and more physical, yes, but not so much to the point where is it worth sacrificing the, the threat in coverage with a team that you know has more of a penchant to throw the ball? I think that's definitely makes more sense for me. I think we got a good cover on offense and defense. Let's get into our bets of the week here. I got another parlay for you. This has kind of been my um, my go-to here. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't feel anything super confident with anything in this game. Division games are always wonky. You got two teams that are fighting for the playoffs, that you got a team looking for revenge in their home stadium. You got a team looking to come back after a loss. You know, there's a lot of blood going on that could make this game really ugly. It's where it's hard for me to go one way for the other. I know how this game is going to go. I will say that the spread right now is, is Bills minus 10 which I mm. thought was a little egregious. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'd understand the Bills being favored. I completely understand the Bills being favored. But 10 points seemed a little much to me. I was thinking it was going to be six or seven. Yeah. I thought about taking the Jets on the spread. But you know me, Lamont. I hate negative odds. I'm not here to, to be, you know, flipping $10 bets for $13. That's not how I roll. I'm looking to get some money. I'm looking to make the most and one time as possible. So that's what brought, uh, brought me back to the parlay. This week, I had two, two things to parlay here. First and foremost, how this bet is uh, given positive odds, I do not understand, but at betonline.ag, I will gladly take your money. <clears throat> there is a prop bet for which team will kick the longest field goal. Mm. The Jets are a plus 130 on that bet greg zerline is their kicker he just kicked a 60 yard field goal last week and the week before that kicked a 57 yard field goal in the pouring rain i am confident that greg zerline is going to kick the longest field goal in this game if he gets an opportunity to do so if the jets get past the 40 and they get stopped they're calling on greg they got to be on a fourth and one or a fourth and inches to try and go for it. I think there's a good chance that the Jets can have a long field goal in this game. I would hope that they can do better in the red zone to where they won't have to. But mm -hmm. if you get into that situation, Jets 
the fact that that's positive odds blew me away, especially after the Jets kicker just kicked a 60-yard field goal the week before. That seems like a little bit of a, a misinterpretation. I'm parlaying that with this. Similar to an over-under, where the over-under of this game is 43. I'm not going on the over-under, but I'm going on a total points between two set numbers. So I got total points between 50, uh, 41 and 50. I could see each team scoring at least 20 points. I don't think it's going to be much more than that. I think you're going to see a couple of touchdowns each and a combination of field goals. I'm pretty sure when I did my picks over on Oklahoma drill er uh, earlier in the week for this game, I said Bills 24, Jets 20. That would come out to 44 points total. The over-under is 43. Between 41 and 50 total points, I'm feeling pretty confident about that. That's at a plus 215. So if you put together the Jets' longest field goal and you put together total points between 41 and 50, if both of those hit, you're looking at plus 625 odds for the parlay. Mm -hmm. That turns a $10 bet into a $62 reward. Mm -hmm. I like those odds. Neither of these things I think are unreasonable to where you're putting all your hope into some crazy basket, and I think they parlay really well together. I really think the Jets will have the longest field goal, and I'd be surprised if there's more than 50 combined points in this game. So let me ask you this. Is it to kick the longest field goal or make the longest field goal? Let me see exactly what the definition is. I believe it is make the longest field goal made, but either way, I feel like Greg Zerline can be trusted to make a long field goal, even if that's the case. All it says when I'm pulling up here, find it, bet online. Team to score longest field goal. So make the longest field goal. Oh, man. I like that. I like that. Um, I couldn't believe that was positive odds. Yeah, that's crazy. That's 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 crazy. I like that. That's great odds. Heck, heck, yeah, that's great odds for that. Um, and as you said that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um I'm gonna stick with you. It's amazing. Both of us are making our bets and we're using special teams, and we didn't talk about special teams. This may be the first the show one that... episode we didn't talk about <laughs> special teams ever is the one where all of our bets have to do with special teams. Well, I knew <laughs> we were talking about this. I just saved all the special teams talk <laughs> to the end. That's called producing, Lamont. That's called producing. You'll learn hey, that in this business. That's why you're you, sir. <laughs> man, I'm going to follow suit, man. I'm going to stick with the field goals, and I can't believe this. And, and listen, it's Buffalo in December. I don't see this bet on here because um, I don't know if you can parlay it. But the first thing that I was thinking about was, and we didn't talk about this, but a football game of Buffalo in December is cold as heck. It's freaking freezing out there. And the colder the weather, more fumbles take place. So I was looking for a bet that there was going to be a fumble in this game. All right. But I'm going to go with, um, to me, this is a give me. I mean, this is a give me, Drew. I think this is a give me. Give me. New York Jets total field goals <clears throat> over one and a half at a plus 134. I'm taking that. As you should. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'm taking that. And I don't know if we can parlay it. <clears throat> I'll I'll parlay that 
with your bet. I mean, I'll just add this to 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 your parlay. I mean, to me, those are practically give me's. First of all, I don't think Bass. I'm not sure if Bass has the strong leg or not. I I wouldn't say that he's got a weak leg, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily like that's his calling card. To yeah, where he's he's one of like Zerline. On the other hand, his whole career, his calling card has been how strong of a leg he's had and the distance at which he can kick kicks from. Could Bass hit a fifty-yard field goal? I'm sure he's an NFL <laughs> kicker. If you can't hit a fifty-yard field goal and as an NFL kicker, you probably shouldn't be an NFL kicker. Can he do it consistently? I don't know. Would he try sixty with confidence? I definitely don't know. <laughs> well, listen, depends on the win. And and, True. and that's where I was going to get at with regards to 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 the field goal props. I remember um, when I was with the Patriots, we were playing up in Buffalo, and it was in a game where the field where we kicked the field goal and the ball started over here and it went all the way over here. So I'm hoping it's not one of those types of days. But if it's one of those days where hey, you're either kicking into the wind or you're kicking with the wind, oh yeah, it, Greg is going to do that all day and if you look at the the issues that we were we've been having on offense hey with white at quarterback we've shown that we will move the ball we will enter your red zone but we have not scored touchdowns so there's a good chance that we can listen i love both of those bets i'm taking that over one and a half field goals at a plus 134 what yeah no that's a great one too that's an absolutely great one too let me let me throw the odds real quick here what if we did all three of those together? So you got the longest field goal for the Jets at a plus 130. You said the Jets over one and a half field goals was a plus 135? 134. Plus 134. Okay. And then if you got the final score between 41 and 50 points, that's at a plus 215. If all of those were to hit, <coughs> you would be looking at a final payout. Oh, hold on. I should put the calculator in wrong. It would be great if I knew how to work technology. Don't mind me bragging about being a producer earlier. Nothing to see here, everybody. Ignore it. You are looking at a plus odds of 1595. Wow. 1595. That is a $10 bet to win $159. Shit. I might have to, I, I might have to go and do that once we get out of here. I know that's I'm right. looking to make some extra money for the holidays. There's Christmas shopping coming up. There's bills we got to pay. This is the time of year where the money is going to be flowing in and flowing right back out. So if we can get a quick flip on bet online, then I'm all here for it. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I'm with you, man. But that's another great show, bro. Another great show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure you're following the show at B-L-E-A-V underscore N underscore Jets. Make sure you're following me over at a- at Andrew Golden underscore 17. And you can follow Big Dog over there at Coach Jordan 34. Thank you guys one more time for tuning in. And we will be back at the start of next week to review the Buffalo Bills and New York Jets game. Hopefully the Jets can follow in Lamont's footsteps, take his advice, take his predictions and make them true. Sweep the Buffalo Bills and get the Miami Dolphins on the schedule for the end of the year. Would be pretty great to go four and two in the AFC East, I have to say. Wow. That would be awesome. Thank you guys one more time. We'll be back real soon. Bye-bye. Peace.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.